Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me once again for Grace to All with Paul Gray. I am so excited to share with you today what God's been showing me and many other people. God is doing an absolutely, amazingly abundant new thing with us. We've been laying the foundation for this, or rather, I should say God's been laying the foundation with us for this, and we're seeing what he has been doing for ages and ages, but it's been a mystery to us, but we're seeing it now. And I've been excited about things before, and that's good. I would not want to live a life with no excitement and nothing to look forward to. But this is taking the cake. <laughs> so you and I are part of something that is really special. It's just way bigger than we can imagine. And I'm learning that our imagination is the mind of Christ in us. <laughs> wow, that's what our imagination is. I've been seeing this for a while, and so have some of you. The excitement is palpable. Now, in the past, something like this would happen. And before I knew the things that I know now, as a leader in the business world, the military world, music world, and then as a leader in, in the church world, too, I'd get excited. I'd cast vision. I would inspire people and mobilize and plan and recruit. And we'd go and do things, good things. And God provided and blessed over and over again, provided resources and people and favor and blessings. I could give you a list of the different things that have happened. No need to do that. They just happen. And I'm sure you've seen things like that happen in your life, too. I'm seeing that this is a new day, though, and a new thing, and a new vision to me, to many of us. It's a 2,000-year-old vision, but it's a new vision for many of us from the Lord. And it's very appropriate and fitting for where we are in our grace journey right now. So let's get started. I'm going to take you to an Old Testament scripture, a couple of them, from the prophet Isaiah, who's speaking for God here. Isaiah 43, 19. God says, I'm doing something brand new, something unheard of. Even now it sprouts and grows and matures. Don't you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness. We used to sing a good old song called God will make a way where there seems to be no way. God predicted he said, I will make a way in the wilderness. And we all have some wilderness moments, some wilderness situations in our lives. <clears throat> he says, I will open up flowing streams of abundance, flowing streams of abundance in the desert. Now, 
that's a picture, that's a metaphor or an allegory, whatever it is. He's not saying, I'm going to go to the Sahara Desert and uh, magically produce some rivers, a flowing stream. No, he's talking about in our lives where the rubber hits the road, in our day-to-day lives, where uh, we're in the desert, where we're in the wilderness, he's going to open abundant streams, streams of abundance in our lives. Now, look at Isaiah 45, verse 2. God says, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. And that word straight there means pleasing, agreeable, good, made right, or righteousness. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. Well, where are the crooked places today? Where is the desert that God is predicting there? In our minds. That's where the crooked places are. That's where the desert are. That's where we're not living the abundant life that Jesus came for us to have. He says, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. And then in time and space, that came about. Let me show you exactly where that happened. You know, it happened when Jesus came to earth, when he was born. But look what Jesus said when he started his public ministry. This is Luke 4, 18 and 19. But what Jesus, this is the first time that he spoke as a rabbi, as a uh, prophet. 30 years old was the age for when prophets assumed their mantle. So he's 30 years old. He goes to his hometown church, his hometown synagogue. They recognized him, of course. They, uh, somebody opened up the scroll of Isaiah 61, and Jesus started reading. And here's what he said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and God has anointed me to be hope, expectation, good news for the poor. God has anointed me to be freedom for the brokenhearted. God has anointed me to be new eyes for the blind and to proclaim to prisoners, you are set free. Now, all of those words have a double meaning. Certainly what you can see in the physical realm, blind prisoners, brokenhearted, but a much more profound and important meaning spiritually, the spiritually poor, spiritually brokenhearted, spiritually blind, spiritual prisoners, which Jesus was talking to the religious people of his day. That's where he was saying that. And he's saying it to the religious people of today too, because most all of them are still poor spiritually, brokenhearted because what they're doing isn't working, blind They can't see the truth of who God really is, who they are, and who everybody else is. And they're prisoners. They're prisoners to the lies of Adam's false, small g, distant, angry, punitive, list-keeping God that doesn't exist. Jesus went on to say, I have come to share the message of jubilee, the time of God's great acceptance, favor, and grace to all has begun. The place where salvation happens. Salvation is sozo. People are made abundantly whole in every way. And Jesus said, and the time of grace. 
God's continual outpouring of everything good into us and out of us. Well, that all sounds great. Most of us have read that, heard that, heard teaching on that. That's what Jesus came to do. Now, are you experiencing that? Are you seeing that in your life and in the lives of your friends? Are the poor experiencing good news? The brokenhearted free? The blind able to see? Prisoners set free? Do people understand this is the year of the message of Jubilee, the time of God's grace and acceptance and favor to all people, the place where sozo, salvation, people made abundantly whole in every way and grace is poured out abundantly to everybody? Do we see that? Now I'm going to give you a side note here. The people that Jesus spoke to that day in his hometown church knew that passage in Isaiah. They knew that the next verse in Isaiah in the Old Testament, written by someone who Jesus said did not know God, the next verse was, and the time when God will vent his wrath and vengeance on all of his enemies. Jesus intentionally left that out. And instead, he went on to tell people that what Jesus was coming was for all people, especially those who weren't. Jewish people. And he gave some illustrations of those. Well, uh, the people were not happy with that. They tried to kill him right then and there. The time of Jubilee also meant liberation or forgiveness. It's the Greek word ephesus. Francois de Toit tells us in the Mirror Bible footnotes that that word means to lift up and send away. Now, I want you to pay careful attention. It means to lift up and send away guilt, shame, fear, lies, believing you are not forgiven, all the lies of religion, and then restoring your true I am-ness, where the lies of injury, insult, shame, hostility, and religious guilt no longer define a person. Where do those lies live and reside? Where is the guilt, shame, fear, believing you're not forgiven, all the lies of insults and shame and hostility and religious guilt? Where do those lies live? In our minds. That's where they live. They're not true. They're not real. They are lies from the con job God, from religion. And Jesus said he came to set us free from that bondage of all these religious things that have kept us in the darkness. He shined his light of truth on them, exposed the con, and revealed the truth. He told us to expect freedom. Now, to expect freedom, we have to know what we're in bondage to, because if we don't know, like most religious people know, we don't even know that we're in bondage. You know, Jesus often said, I tell you the truth. You know why he said that? (laughs) Because everybody else was telling lies at the time. The whole religious world were telling lies about who God is, who we are, who everybody is. The religious world still does that today. I wish that wasn't true. I wish I didn't have to say that. But religion tells you lies about who God is, who you are, and who everybody else is. Jesus came to stop that, to take that away, to lift that up off of us. Religion's had a pretty good stronghold on it. But now, (laughs) uh, a worldwide tsunami of understanding the revelation 
of who God really is, who we are, and who everybody else is, is shaking the rafters of religion. And we're a part of that shaking. All right. I'm going to read to you Romans 15, 13, what Paul wrote as he was closing up his letter to the Romans. Now, this is from the Passion Translation. Please don't just listen to these as words from a page. Look them up yourself, but don't just read over them and, and, and look at them as words on a page. Hear them. See the truth in them. Here's what Paul says. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, and expectation of all goodness fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Papa, Jesus, and grace. And may the power of grace, Christ in you, the spirit of truth, the divine encourager, continually surround your life with the Trinity's superabundance until you radiate, exude, delight with divine hope and expectation of all divine goodness and kindness for all. When you overflow, it spills out onto everyone around you. That's an amazing passage. I I read that every morning and I think about it and I meditate on it and I just let the Holy Spirit truth in me show me what that means for me today. I don't know how you can read that and if Christ is in you and you're listening to the mind of Christ, I don't know how you can read that and not almost jump out of your skin with joy. That's saying, Christ is saying, you are a fountain of expectation. You radiate with expectation. So we can expect abundance and expect goodness. This is not a pipe dream. Remember what we talked about before, what King David wrote in Psalm 37, 4. He says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He Find your light, delight, and true pleasure in Yahweh, and he will give you what you desire the most. Remember Isaiah speaking for God said, I'm doing a new thing. I'm making the crooked places straight. Well, he's doing that. Now, I used to think and I used to teach and I was partially right that when he said, I'll make all things straight, that there was a correlation there to the only street in the Bible that's given a name, straight street in the book of Acts in chapter nine. There is a connection there, but it's not what I thought before. I want you to look at this amazing passage. Now, I didn't see this until just a couple of weeks ago when I read it and absorbed it in the Passion Translation, which is based on the Aramaic as well as the Greek. This is Acts chapter 9, verses 10 to 12 from the Passion. This is immediately after Saul, who did not know the Lord, nobody did, the Lord appeared to him personally, revealed Christ in him, the brilliant light surrounded him, inside of him as well, made him blind, knocked him off his horse, got his attention. And at that time, it goes on to say, while Paul was lay, Saul was laying on the ground there, living in Damascus, where Saul was headed, was a believer named Ananias. The name Hebrew name Ananias means the Lord's gracious gift. The Lord spoke to Ananias in a vision, calling his name. He said, Ananias, my gracious gift. Yes, Lord. Ananias said, the Lord said, go at once to the street called, in the Greek, it's the street called straight. In the Aramaic, which is what they spoke at the time, the Lord said, go at once to the street called abundance. Hmm. Go at once to the street called abundance and look for a man from Tarsus named Saul you will find him at Judah's house. 
Judah's house means the house of praise. I want you to look at Brian Simmons' footnotes here on that passage. He says, the conversion of Saul, the legalist, into Paul, the grace preacher, has a significant lesson for us. We can be amazingly wrong while thinking we're doing right. The Holy Spirit awakens our hearts to feast on our righteousness. Religion has a deadening effect on our hearts. Like Saul, we have to fall off of our high horse of thinking that our religious beliefs are true and bite the dust before our blinded eyes can see. All right. While Saul was praying, he saw in a supernatural vision a man named Ananias coming to him, the Lord's gracious gift, coming to lay hands upon him to restore his sight, both physical and spiritual. Indeed, Brian Simmons says, the Holy Spirit of truth shone in Saul's darkness of believing in and worshiping the God of Adam's con job, the con job God, and restored his physical and spiritual sight and then taught him. Now, here's a verse that Saul knew from memory because he had the whole Old Testament memorized as a uh, Pharisee in the Sanhedrin. And this is something that he had memorized, something that I've been teaching you that we've been learning. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. God will give you what you desire the most. Well, Jesus taught Saul, changed his name to Paul, taught him in the Arabian desert personally for about 13 years. Paul learned what he had memorized then in the Old Testament. He learned what it meant to delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I want you to see what Paul wrote as a prayer in Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. Paul wrote this to the church in Ephesus and to all of us. And I'm going to add the little phrase, I delight in the Lord with bits and pieces of this. So you'll see the correlation. Now, this is for you. This is not a class. This is not some history lesson thing. This is for you personally on the street called abundance. Paul says, I delight in the Lord as I kneel humbly in awe before the father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on the earth, my father and your father. And I pray that he would unveil or reveal or give you the revelation within you of the unlimited riches of his glory and favor. This came about from Abundant Street. In you, Paul prays that God will reveal in you, which he's doing right now. (laughs) He's revealing within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then, by continually using your faith or visualizing and expecting, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you, and the resting place of his love will be the very source and root of your life. Then, you will be empowered to discover what every believer experiences, the great magnitude an astonishing love of Christ in you in all its dimensions. 
Delight yourself in the Lord, and you will see how deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love, how enduring, lasting forever, how inclusive for all people it is. Delight yourself in the Lord, and you will see endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding that is higher and wider and deeper and longer than anything you can imagine. Delight yourself in the Lord and the extravagant love of God, extravagant love of God pours into you until you are filled with overflowing with the fullness of God. The fullness of God is in you. And when you grasp this, it will overflow from within you to everybody around you. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. <laughs> Delight yourself in the Lord and he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. He will achieve infinitely more than your most unbelievable dream. He will achieve infinitely more and exceed your wildest imagination. Your imagination is the mind of Christ in you. When we use it, God will do infinitely more than than our greatest request, our most unbelievable dream, and our wildest imagination. The text goes on to say he will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Delight yourself in the Lord. Now, Paul says, we offer up to God all the glorious praise and delight that rises from everyone who knows they are in Christ and Christ is in them, and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Delight yourself in the Lord. Expect abundance. Now, I'm going to take some words that we've used there. I'm making a little acrostic here that I'm going to be uh, fleshing out to you more and more in the days and weeks to come. Here's some of the words. Delight. Expect. Effortless. Manifestation. The four letters there, D-E-E-M. Delight. Expect. Effortless manifestation of all you can imagine in your imagination, which is the mind of Christ in you. Expect God, expect God to pour out abundance on you. He's already put it all in you. Expect God to be infinitely good to you. Expect God to exceed your wildest imagination, to fill you to overflowing, teeming with life. (laughs) Deem, D-E-E-M. Delight, expect effortless manifestation of more than you can imagine, expect, and dream. We are God's dream. And Romans 5, 2 to 5 says, we are God's dream. We are God's dream come true. <laughs> goes on to say, our patience provides proof of every positive expectation. The kind of hope or expectation, that kind of hope or expectation does not disappoint The gift of the Holy Spirit completes our every expectation and ignites the love of God within us. In 1 Corinthians 13, 7, Paul says, agape, God, expects the best for all of us. When we expect what's already in us, we don't need to beg or plead or wonder or grovel or even ask. We simply, confidently, delightfully expect effortless manifestation of your desire. I've been doing that. For a while, actually, I've been doing that all my life. I didn't know what I was doing until just this season of my life. But I've been doing it specifically in the last few weeks about some specific things 
picturing, not looking at my problems, not looking at my troubles, but instead seeing what I want to happen, what I want to be reality, not even dwelling on what's before, picturing it, seeing it, delighting in the Lord, delightfully expecting effortless manifestation of the dreams and desires of my heart that God has put there and promised that he will fulfill. And I've been seeing them manifest, not only with me, but with my family members, my friends, people in our group, and people all over the world. This works. And you're going to be hearing more and more and more about it in days to come. Love to visit with you about it personally. Thanks for listening today to Grace to All with Paul Gray. And there'll be more good news next time. Love you all. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.